Welcome to Quick Takes with Kevin, a weekly podcast about leadership, life, and ministry with Kevin Ezo, president of the North American Mission Board. Each week, Kevin will be focusing on how pastors can keep their souls healthy in the midst of the demands and challenges of everyday life. Now, here's your host, Kevin Ezel. Hey, Pastor, I'm Kevin Ezel. Today, with quick takes from Kevin, we're focusing on Lance Witt's book on Chapter 20 about identity theft. And today, you're going to hear from one of my favorite people in all the world, Jim Henry, longtime pastor of First Baptist Orlando for 29 years, but just known far beyond that as uh, a guy who loves Christ and loves people. I don't know anybody that doesn't love and appreciate Jim Henry. And Brother Jim, um, knowing that that's what you're, I mean, uh, you're known for so many things. Sometimes because when a pastor pastors, his identity can be caught up in his ministry and uh, it can become distracting. You almost get your own, you lose your own sense of identity. And uh, have you seen that? And, And how did you keep your identity and your ministry separate? Well, thank you, Kevin, for having me, and I no. appreciate your heart for pastors. I really appreciate well, your leadership. You. You've always had a shepherding heart, so Anytime. thank you for keeping it going in this institutional ministry. Well, thank you, brother. Um, well, you know, uh, that one of the biggest challenges I faced when I first went in the ministry about my preaching style, which was an identity. Who am I going to yeah. preach like? So yeah. I thought I'd try W.A. W. W. Criswell, yeah. or, you know, or Billy Graham. Hundreds are coming down the aisle. When you're in a rural <laughs> church, that don't work. And uh, so who am I going to be? So yeah. the first thing I had to work out was who am I going to be as a preacher? Mm-hmm. Because I, I had so many heroes, and I didn't know which one I was going to be like. Right. And I finally learned, Kevin, that the Lord was just going to use me as me. Yeah. Uh, he got his... I couldn't be Crystal. I couldn't be Billy Graham. I couldn't be Adrian Rogers. I, I just, the Holy Spirit got greater glory in taking Jim Henry with all of his faults and molding him into who he is. And he gets the glory better that way than yeah. if I tried to be somebody else. So that was a, one of the first things I learned early on. Yeah. Was be yourself. Be hard to hard to picture you as a screamer. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, it's always, I, Jim I, Henry's I tr- almost a conversational. Well, well, I tried it at first, man. You know, I did. I was because that's my models. They were yeah. my heroes, and a lot of them are like yeah. they're really strong, especially Doctor Crystal. You're not, and I said no, but that wasn't me. Yeah. So I learned through the years my identity was in who Christ was, and the Holy Spirit working with the gifts He'd given yeah. me. So, so that helped me uh, early on. Uh, to to identify Jesus gets more glory than me just being me and him being him in through me. Yeah. So uh, then after a while, I, it became difficult because the church that I pastored and became, you know, pastor of this and pastor of that. And and then I realized when I went home, I'm, you know, I'm Jeanette's husband and I'm the kids, you know, they don't make any difference who you, you know, right. you're your daddy, yeah. you know, and then you become a granddaddy. Yeah. So I became, I got comfortable, I'd say, I guess, in my own skin, just in these people in my life and great godly laymen helped me to get anchored uh, to just being you. Right. We love you for you. Yeah. Not this and that. And so now some people will use you and have agendas. I know that that happens. But the people that meant the most to me just love me for me. And so I could be me. Yeah. And so I got more comfortable as the time went along with I can't be these people. Right. Jesus, I want to be what you want to be through me. Right. So that helped me, I think, to get not too mixed up with 
with what I was doing, but I hope for what I'm becoming. Sure. I mean, and I'm sure you even were tempted at times. I mean, nobody likes to displease people, but sometimes in a pastorate, you can be so focused on pleasing people, you lose your own identity. And uh, how did you protect yourself from falling into the trap of just uh, living your life to please people? Well, I think uh, that I find that probably a common trait in in most uh, pastors. Mm. And I don't know where that comes from. I think some of it comes from maybe having approval at home, like my dad, and I love my daddy, but till later in life, he never, I never heard him say, I love you, that I could remember, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I found that to be true in a lot of uh, guys' lives. <clears throat> Another thing is, I think, if you come from an abusal background or alcoholic background, and a lot of guys do, right. uh, poor relationship with father, then that sense of approval right. is very hard to deal with. You mm. you want to be approved. So you want to do this to say, hey, and and we all want to hear Jesus say, well done. So there's nothing wrong with doing a job well and getting it, but if it becomes our sole ambition, then it becomes problematic. Mm-hmm. So after a while, you just, you have to come to the place of saying, Lord, I, I want just to be who you want me to be right. every day. I, I don't try, don't let me... And in one way, and this is hard too, because in one way, when you're preaching, and I hope I say this right, there's a, in a sense of performance. Yeah. You 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 know you're you're acting. You don't want to act out falsehood, but you're you're on stage. Yeah. People are looking. You're yeah. presenting, and we're all we're all conscious of that. I just didn't want to make that. Am I presenting? So I look. But are you coming through? Mm-hmm. You know, I think oh, Babo Swinney at Clemson said yeah. a really great thing. He said, it's not so much how much the light shines on you, but how much the light shines through you. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I think you come to a place, Lord, you shine. Right. Shine, Jesus, shine. Right. And so you come to a place, I think, later on in your ministry, and I should have learned it earlier, that, Lord, you look good. Yeah. You know, I want you to get glory. Well, sometimes, you know, based on pastors will feel encouraged if they have a big attendance or discouraged if they have a bad attendance or good if the offerings are going well. And and, and I know we have pastors that are probably, uh, some are discouraged today. Yeah. And so if you're to give uh, a word of advice to a just a pastor that's beaten down a bit, um, discouraged, what would you say to that pastor today? Uh, I'd say, first of all, you're not the only pastor that's been discouraged and there's some pretty good people in the Bible that were discouraged. Mm-hmm. Simon Peter, Elijah, yeah. John the Baptist, right. Paul had his moments. Right. So when I look at that, I feel like, well, there's not a, too bad a crowd I was running with exactly. because <laughs> they've all felt that. Yeah. We've all been in that road before. Uh, so uh, uh, when we feel the message was, I felt, I, and this I learned along, sometimes I felt like I did the worst. The message wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. I didn't do that at, and to look back, and the Holy Spirit took out of my weakness, showed his strength, and he got more honor yeah. that way than when I felt like. So when I felt discouraged, I, felt, I learned later that God was doing something greater than I thought he was. Yeah. So, I could, I, so I tried to divorce along the way my emotions from what Holy Spirit was doing. Right. Because you can't always gauge it by how we feel. I may have had a bad taco mm-hmm. or something, you know. Yeah. So, I, so I didn't want to do that. And— uh, I think uh, something that uh, also uh, that I learned a long time ago, when you do your best, and we all want to do that, uh, pastor, even if you feel discouraged, God's the final judge. Right. 
And what you may measure is not much. He may measure as being bigger than you ever imagined. Exactly. I think it was Mother Teresa or somebody put these words, and I like them. I'm just a little pencil in the hand of a writing God who's sending a love message to the world through me. And when I keep that in mind, and I may be discouraged, God's taking this little pencil, and he's doing something beyond anything I could ask or imagine. And, uh, huh. and, and I found this live long enough, Kevin, to see that sometimes where we felt discouraged or failure or we didn't influence or impact anybody's lives, you'd be shocked at how many people, when they saw us at different things and different things, your life impacted them. And right. I, could I close with this story? Well, absolutely. And I think this, and I say this to my fellow pastors, because I have been down in that valley of depression and darkness that we all feel from time to time. This couple came by at church one Sunday, a tall, nice-looking guy, wife, and he said, Brother Jim? I said, yeah. He said, you don't remember me, do you? You know, I'd always freeze as a pastor. I said, no, I'm not sure I do. He said, "He said, well, I went to church at Two Rivers when you were pastor there. He said, we just got married yesterday. We're in Orlando for our honeymoon, and I wanted my wife to meet you. I said, well, tell me about Two Rivers. He said, well, here's how I want to come say thank you. I said, for what? He said, when I was about 10 years old, my mother and I came to Two Rivers. We went to another church, but my daddy died. And uh, mother had a lot of emotion and feelings about church and all. So she uh, said, let's go to Two Rivers. And said, every Sunday, y'all used to walk in, and, and uh, you would, uh, the choir would process uh, uh, down the middle aisle, uh, proceed, and then you'd come in last. I said, yeah. And he said, every Sunday you came by, you put your hand on my shoulder. I said, I did. He said, yeah. So I said, where's this going? You know. He said, well, let me tell you what that meant. He said, you didn't know my daddy died. You didn't know I was grieving. I had a big vacuum in my life. But he said, when you touch my shoulder every Sunday, he said, that was a glue that kept me going. And all those times when you touched (laughs) me, I had a sense of a touch of a dad. And he said, I just want to say thank you for touching a kid. You didn't realize it, but you you helped hold me together when I was going through a tough time. So that's one of those things, I think, when you get to heaven, you know, that's uh, thank you for all that song, you know, God yeah. made famous. Yeah, I think life. for discouraged pastors, guys, you don't ever know when the littlest piece of yeah. barley bread or small fish or uh, anointing oil becomes something that changes somebody's eternal exactly. destiny. So stay strong. Yeah, and you're, you're never as bad as your worst critic. No, no. And you're never as good as your you're, biggest you're, compliment. That's exactly right. <laughs> Keep well, it hey, in Thank mind. you, Brother Jim. And Pastor, listen, uh, you may be discouraged today, but one day at a time, stay faithful. And as Brother, brother uh, Jim said, realize who we're doing this for, and it's not ourselves. Grateful for you. Thanks for joining us for Quick Takes with Kevin. Each week, Kevin will visit with pastors and leaders as they talk about the challenges they face and the lessons they've learned in balancing faith, family, and ministry. Thank you for being with us.